Welcome to Things You'd Save. I'm Evan Gravel. So glad you joined us this week. Uh, we're back after uh, no episode last week, but this week I've got my friend Yate Larchi on. We had her on in a previous episode to talk about her experience as a stylist, but I'm excited to have her on and uh, talk about Fashion Week. We talked about a lot of different uh, shows um, and we're, uh, you know, it's not something that I'm always super plugged into. So I'm really excited to uh, talk to someone that's an expert on this stuff. I watched a bunch of shows and, you know, have a lot of thoughts and uh, a lot of intrigue. So uh, without further ado, let's get to the interview with Yate. Yeah. Welcome to Things You'd Say. Uh, welcome back, Yate. Uh, so glad. I knew when we talked, it would not be uh, the last time you'd be coming on. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad to have someone who is even more plugged into women's wear than I am too, uh, especially with all the amazing shows this week. Uh, you were texting me while I was off the grid, uh, <laughs> it, it's skiing. And I'm like, I got back and was like, Oh my God, what, all the things I missed. Cause I'd seen some of it. And I, I t- said before my last episode, I was like, I'm going to come back and, you know, talk about some of the shows that, uh, I found interesting, but while I was gone, some of the big ones happened. Um, so, you know, we can talk about, uh, all of it. Uh, I'm going to have my notes down here, so I'll glance down at them once in a while. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? What was your uh, what was your favorite show of? Uh... First of all, guys, I messaged Evan in a tizzy because yeah. he's like, there's like a, you know a handful of people I speak to about f- these like actual fashion week and stuff. I've tried to talk about it on my page, but I realize for me to really have a robust discussion, like really to geek out, it has to be with the other fashion fashion files if you will <laughs> so yeah so it was like i was like evan have you seen everything he's just like uh i'm gonna check um yeah <laughs> um okay so who do we start with first i'm open okay you know what? let's start with margella just off yeah. the bat that's the one like everyone's like really geeking out over now i'll be honest i found it very i'm a scaredy cat okay I would, you would have had to really like force me to be in that little underpass to begin with. Like if I ever get to be, you know, front row and get these invitations, like that would have been hard for me. I am the biggest scaredy cat and watching it like really creeped me out. And I had to kind of watch it a little behind my eyes. I know it's so sad. (laughs) It was really intense. I totally get what you mean. Like really... It, it was very creepy at times. Um, it was and like the models were coming up really close to some of the people front row. Uh, mm-hmm. There was moments. It was very like I wrote that it's like very destabilizing. Like it felt like I didn't everything about it. But the way that the models were walking, the mm-hmm. even the I don't know who I tried to figure out who the singer was at the beginning of the like I watched it on YouTube. And I could not figure out who that was, but even that was like very, there was something very like dark and moody. And yeah, it was about like the underpass, the underworld of Paris. Mm-hmm. And obviously the the makeup was like, you know, like a mannequin most. I totally understand how I, I mean, it felt like very unsettling at times. And, and that was kind of refreshing almost uh, mm-hmm. with, some of the other shows that we've seen in recent years that are just so clean cut and like straightforward. Uh, it almost feels formulaic. I think that's why people reacted so much to this, to this Margiela show. 
Yeah, I feel like it harkens back to watching like fashion television with like Jeannie and some of those older reporters and like the mid, even though this was creepy, the majesty of shows, you know, like there was a, a real glamour and like theatrical feel to mm. couture shows in the past. And so I think John Galliano from Maison Magella really brought that back with this show in a way that wasn't gimmicky because, you know, that's been a big discussion over uh, the last number of fashion, various fashion weeks, months, which is there's lots of gimmicks and mm -hmm. are the gimmicks distracting from the art? Whereas in this case, Galliano was able to really tell a story. Um, the models brought it to life. The makeup uh, led by, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. <gasps> Pat McGrath. <laughs> Pat, I love you. I have your makeup. Yeah. The technique that they use to make them look like those creepy porcelain dolls, like everything came together to really create a all-encompassing show. And the fashion itself, like, I was like, wow. Just like, these are the times where I hate being a regular person. Like, I want to be a couture client. I, I want to say, yes, I will take look 34. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there, there, it is so, and from the first look of the mm -hmm. first model coming, coming out of the film to the actual runway, or even the singer at the beginning, it's corsets are the star of the show. That is, mm -hmm. if there is one piece, it, everyone is wearing corsets. It is very aggressive in its styling uh mm. and there is pieces that are you know it, it's a mix of disheveled uh and kind of you know uh, almost like hearkening like giving a reference to like the street urchins of paris in a way that galliano used to get in trouble for uh because he had a you know a show in 2000 that that you know was kind of you know inspired by like the homeless people in paris and he got in a lot of trouble for that almost got fired at yeah. dior uh, because of that. Uh, but this is a very different way of expressing that kind of same fascination with people that aren't normally inspirations for fashion at all or not into fashion. It's, it's, it's a time portal in some ways, uh, but it's also a totally different universe. And there is moments in the show where it changes too. Like the music changes at one point to like a techno remix of an Adele song. And then that last like third where it's like, you know, the... Uh, the porcelain dolls the like almost like alice in wonderland the blue and white dresses like that whole segment is like totally different in, in some ways totally different inspiration uh within the same like kind of language uh it it was didn't feel gimmicky at all it felt like a true expression of a very strange vision but there is pieces that i'm like yeah i'm not really into corsets but the way these pants are fitting the way these jackets are fitting the way there's like the men are wearing tights with these tabby boots yeah. with like, it's like they're, it's almost, it, it's and these long coats. It's like, I don't, I couldn't wear that. I mean, I could, I guess, theoretically, but it's like, these are the moments that like, I don't often feel like that when watching a fashion show, it's either too ready to wear and it's just, just like a showcase mm -hmm. or it's so aggressive and it's avant-gardeness that it's like, who, who could possibly wear this? Who could, and I'm sure we'll talk about that with other designers too. There's some stuff where it's like, I mean, I get it. I'm, I understand it, but you know, th this, this Galliano show 
And he, I felt like he really came to the forefront for the first time in a long time too, as a designer. Yeah, because, well, okay. So like if for people who don't know, John Galliano was fired from all of his positions and stepped down um, in the early 2000s for making some very um, not inappropriate comments while under the influence of whatever. And I, I don't even want to repeat them. Just Google John Galliano 2000s, whatever. So I forgot he was even, they. I forgot that they appointed him to Margiela. Yeah. So when I heard John Galliano, I'm like, wait, they're allowing him to like come back, which, you know, that is a question. I think that's a different conversation for a different day about kind of like the ethics and morals when it comes to fashion, um, especially couture and, and that discussion. But I will say, as the show went along, to your point about like the different portions of it I felt like I got a little bit more wearable as it progressed so I really liked look 18 in particular it's like a square halter neck dress with these half circle cutouts and when the model was walking like they were moving so it was kind of like a creepy mermaid I don't know how to <laughs> I remember this one and, and I'll put the picture up right now. I remember this one too. And I thought like the silhouette on that is just like, it has mm -hmm. so much movement to it. And this is very, very wearable. Yeah. Look 18. That, wow. And then I really enjoyed uh, look 27, which was the deconstructed. It almost looks like when they shred boxes, like shredded cardboard, but it's a trench coat. So it's in like the same trench coat color, but it looks like a shredded box, but it's also kimono sleeved. Like, how do you even come up with that? <laughs> so that was like another one. I love a good trench coat and the texture, like it's visually arresting. Like it's just, again, because it's giving like the underworld kind of like, you know, street gritty, creepy. Like I'm thinking like Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Jack the Ripper, <laughs> like, yep. Yep. definitely evokes that. So I'm like, oh, oh. And then my other favorite look was look 37, and it's a suiting. I think man, man, woman, they, them mm -hmm. could wear. Um, and it's top stitching, and it's very, like, corseted um, waist, and then very, very tailored. But I love the top stitching. I always love, like, an unfinished look when executed well. And so those are my three favorite looks. I will say special mention to like the Alice in Wonderland type yeah. dresses. But there was something about a couple of them where I was like, again, I'm a scaredy cat. So I was kind of creeped, uh, really creeped out. So it was hard. To, <laughs> it's hard to like focus on the garment. But it looks yeah. like some of those were actually a knit, like a knit with a pleat. And again, like creating that illusion, like the pleat and then moving out of that is very difficult um, to do um, as like a skill. So the House of Margiela definitely um, put all of their skills and creativity and artistry on display this couture week. For sure. Yeah, this was this was a special show. Hearkening back to you know, Galliano's early 2000s. I mean, when, you know, I, I don't think I've seen anything quite like this in a while. And, and I, I saw one piece referencing, you know, Galliano's work in the early 2000s, you know, late 90s, when he was, it was him and Alexander McQueen, whoever yeah. one was looking forward to, uh, you know, every Couture week. And this was one that, uh, you know, the spectacle is great. And the pieces are great. And in this last look you showed, they're kind of, the boots are kind of like, they have fur on top, but leather, and I guess they're tabbies. They're 
there's a, there is a lot of suiting where you can see the lines and and it looks very unfinished in a way it it's great i mean it's like the pieces are so good and that's the heart of it like the spectacle is one thing you know i think we've seen brands like caperni and like you know uh, uh, i mean that's the first one that comes to mind where there's a spectacle at the heart of the show mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily drive the you know them like people to the like the actual pieces as much but this is like i mean it's a brand in my opinion that's been kind of needing that next thing i think they've turned everything into a tabby and there hasn't and there's they've been leaning a lot more into the branding uh aspect of like the numbers and like the stitches and you know having this recognizable kind mm-hmm. of almost streetwear level like people see the piece and they know what the piece is but the heart of Margiela was always an understated you know elegance a really thoughtful uh you know kind of a really thoughtful approach to tailoring and, and, and cutting things in a different way. Uh, and with this show, it seems like they've really like taken, taken it to a next level. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really excited, uh, about what I've seen, uh, yeah. uh, from Galliano in that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Schiaparelli, is that how you pronounce? Yes. Schiaparelli. Schiaparelli. This was incredible. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go to my notes on this one because this is just, <laughs> I really, really liked this show. I thought it was like just mm-hmm. a totally different end of the spectrum. Very clean, where you would expect it in, you know, a beautiful Paris, you know, mansion, uh, mm. wherever it was. I, sh- I should look that up. But it was very, it was what you expect from a, you know, classical music playing. But mm-hmm. every little detail underneath the surface just... I, I I was just in awe. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like Daniel Roseberry is having fun. That was one note. And I'm like, this guy is having a good time. And you can just see it in the clothing. I definitely think like Scaparelli is a must-see show. Like I'm sure people are like fighting over getting those tickets. Yeah. Um, and there's just always something so unique. Again, I really like the cohesiveness. Um, I, I think this Couturique a lot of the best shows were the ones that had a very cohesive look or story that you could follow through with. Um, and so for me, I I don't know if you guys remember the show Reboot, but the like robot baby, or I called it the reboot baby and like the reboot dress, I really enjoyed. <laughs> that was uh, so, and it kind of came out of nowhere in some ways in, at that point of the show. And then it got more futuristic after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, whoa, what a cool, like, it wasn't a, a gimmick. It wasn't the whole show. It was just like this strange little, like, hey, you know, eyes up here. Like, we're, we're, we're doing something cool. And then the e-waste dress is what I called it. I'm, I'm like, curious what, like, like yeah. it had, like, CDs and, like, floppy disks and, like, stuff mm-hmm. that we don't even use anymore uh, in a dress. It's like, I mean, if that ever ends up, you know, I'm sure they're not. I, I guess. I, well, I when I saw that dress, the first person I thought I would see wearing it is a Doja Cat. Oh yeah, yeah. She would look really cool. Like she seems like someone that would give that dress a fair, a fair dress. You know, like it's like yeah, she did it justice. I think she would look really cool in it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense the kind of futuristic elements to it when mm-hmm. you look at like the notes for the show and it being that. The original Schiaparelli, her uncle was a Mars researcher who found, you know, a bunch of stuff on Mars. 
And so the the music that they're playing is Gustav Holt's Planet Suite, which they're playing through all like they started with Mars. Like it has like a suite on every planet and they started with Mars and then like went to a couple others. Because I was listening to it, I was like, I actually know this piece and I don't know that much classical music. And I was like, this is the planets, I think. And then I looked it up and I was like, yeah, I'm right. This is like, there's such attention to detail. Um, I mean, the pieces were like, range from just like pure elegance to uh, outlandish on some yeah. level. But in, in a really, I mean, there's one jacket where it's just like the protruding kind of knob. Yeah, yeah that was another note I had, yeah. which was like, he was really into sleeves. Like, it's like this, he's like, I'm going to do some really fun, like wacky sleeves so i really like it's definitely an interesting way to play right like um zendaya actually wore the protruding jacket look to the show mm. and like again zendaya has she has it that whatever that is so of course she made it look really cool and they did a very fun like futuristic hairstyle as well to kind of blend with it so I definitely again like you do feel I felt like it was a show about futurism or in a like loosely technology but I was like yeah I could see like this being not quite as far as like the Jetsons but like whatever that middle range is I'm trying to think of a good example of like where that middling of like technological advancement mm. yeah it's almost like a past version of the future, like what people in yeah. the 60s thought the future would be. Uh, like the like some of this, the, the shoulders were really broad and you would have sleeves that went down like way past your hand. Um, and and you then know, you had even, this fringe, a lot yeah, of fringe. Yeah, a lot of that. Like the, the white, there's a white suit where, yeah, mm -hmm. like it was just massive. But at the same time, it's like, I actually think this is totally wearable. Like, maybe a, a size down on some people, but like the, how sloping the shoulders were and how like mm -hmm. geometric everything was. I think it is very much like it's a past version of the future. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that actually, I found this theme in a couple other shows that I watched too, of very much a idealized, almost Blade Runner, like look at the future uh, in, in some places, you know, in, in terms of like, and I think it's like, I'm no sociologist, but I'm sure there's a lot of psychological stuff that's going on behind why we're, a lot of fashion right now does seem to be future focused and, you know, kind of idealized uh, forms uh, as opposed to really what, what Galliano is doing is the total opposite. And what m a lot of fashion has done throughout the last 10 years is go th the other way. Uh, mm -hmm. Like Galliano is re reverting back to like the, like, you know, the belly puck underworld yeah. of paris uh hundreds <laughs> yeah exactly and and you know scaparelli is going like the 2200s like like <laughs> here's what like outfits are going to be then and well i would definitely say like commentary wise as i actually am a sociology major um a lot of commentary has been like end of the world right like people feel very doom and gloom mm -hmm. so there is a lot of looking for like nostalgia so there's like people who are like all nostalgia and we've seen a ton of nostalgia right like just in like in everyday where like lots of like y2k 90s 80s 70s like it's all kind of a mishmash right um 
even like 50s and 60s so a lot of people like socially societally are talking about like the past and how good things were before right because there's so much upheaval the thing is is every generation has had upheaval and the same thing right um if you think about like Belle Epoque and like uh what's I'm forgetting the director's name but the movie Midnight in Paris they kind of touch on this right where it's like every generation thinks the previous generation was the best generation right at the same time you do have those people the people who take in who are like the first to adopt things so first adopters like a daniel roseberry who's like no like i'm thinking of an elegant cool future and um and you know he does that a lot in his clothing whether it's structural so like the sleeves the design of the sleeves a lot of his dresses have kind of like go up over your head i mean it's kind of giving like when you think of futurism hunger games but like they're in the future right exactly what was in my mind right so that's kind of i think where you're seeing maybe a little bit of like a dichotomy there with like people who are like oh the past was like the best or want to revisit different parts of the past and people who are like nah i'm like pedal to the metal to the future. <laughs> yeah. I, and Daniel does a good job at marrying like Scaparelli old stuff with the new, right? So like the keyhole, yeah. that's like, you know, part of like the house codes, if you will. Right. Finding new ways to bring that forward. The shapes, right? Also, nothing is really new. Like our imagination can only go as far as we think we're going to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you mean. Like every new idea is often just a recontextualization of something that has existed in the past. I mean, I, I want, I'm definitely going to talk about Rick's show at some point, but I often thought like he ta- doesn't talk about inventing things. He talks about repurposing ideas from like Art Nouveau, like his favorite stuff from like 100 years ago or, or more. Um, and I think that's like largely the case is that it's hard to come up with a completely new silhouette, but if you go back far enough in the archives, you'll actually come up with something new because of all the new technologies and fabrics and all ways of making clothes that we have. Even if you apply that to an object that is, you know, 200, 300 years old that you found a pattern for, it will be a completely new garment uh, being made yeah. today with the technology we have. So, I mean, I think, I think both impulses exist within you know most people too like i definitely have a like there's part of me that's like i just want to wear suits and like get back into more like and you know menswear stuff because there's a certain like comfort to that the idea of dressing you know like you know especially when i see like photos of like miles davis or like john coltrane Mm -hmm. and stuff i'm like man wearing suits every day looks pretty cool but then there's also a part of me that's like I just want to wear Rick all day and just dress like super futuristic and like embody a new silhouette, like a new mm-hmm. uniform. Um, so I think it's cool to see that playing out like at the the highest peaks of fashion and in, in these, uh, in these houses. Um, what do you want to talk about next? I mean, there's a couple others that I took notes on that I found yeah. interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Um, did you see the Fendi show? Looks? I saw some of the looks, but I did not follow the whole show. It wasn't the most interesting show, to be honest. It was like very down the middle. Like I wrote that like the lighting kind of looked like it was like the James Terrell kind of like ceiling and like, you know, very simple. It was like, it was mm-hmm. fine. Zendaya was there, you know, and, the, you know, the crowd was very up close. But I thought it was really, the pieces were really nice. It's definitely more on the spectrum of like, 
you could buy all this stuff tomorrow. You know, like it's all like very wearable. But I don't know. Kim Jones was doing something. Uh, you know, there was some really interesting pieces. It had a very futuristic look again. Like very, yeah. It just had this clean angelic kind of to it with the lighting and with the pieces. It was very streamlined. It had a lot of uh, sparkle. Um, I noticed croc leather is very much back across a lot of different designers, which is exciting to me because I always like that texture. Um, though I, I'm not that I've bought anything because it costs 500 times what the, uh, the, the normal leather will cost. Um, but, uh, the, you know, I, I thought like the music was really good for Fendi. Um, you know, there was some incredible coats. It just seemed very wearable. Um, and, uh, it was a nice show. It wasn't like, there was no like, uh, gimmicks or like, it wasn't even that great of a presentation, but it was definitely like one of the more like interesting, like collections of clothing that I saw. Do you find that you see, cause Kim Jones also does Dior home or home. <laughs> Dior yeah. home. Uh, so do you feel like there is like a crossover sometimes like in yeah. this show in particular? I feel like with Dior, Kim, it leans more into the house code. Like he has more of a language to work with. Um, and so that the menswear stuff is uh, a little more predictable, though I do like it. Um, and I am a big Kim Jones fan. Like I've liked his work throughout. Uh, like I really liked his tenure at Louis Vuitton. I think there's some really underrated shows in there. Um, I always, I think he's just kind of like, he was almost too... What Kim Jones, he's too influential in, in terms of how, in okay. influencing menswear designers. Like he was such a, he was a huge streetwear guy before it was cool to be a streetwear guy in high fashion. Like he was such a collector of like old mm-hmm. Bape and original Supreme and like all this stuff. Like he was actually into that side of the culture. And now everyone sells designer sneakers and stuff like that. And it's almost like, I like him, um, mm-hmm. but he was almost like, so good at doing what he did especially at dior that it's uh he's kind of a victim of his own success um but fendi i feel like he's more um he's he's less married to like the code um i think like i know fendi is a like obviously historic house with a lot of like hit like important pieces over the years but it's not on the level of dior to me uh where it has like such a wide-ranging reach that you know, you're kind of expected to play the hits uh, if you're a designer there. Uh, he seems like he's willing to experiment a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really, I, I, I admire his work a lot there, actually. I, I think, I don't know, I wrote Fendi is back. Like, to me, like, this was like, I really, I really liked it. I didn't see as many people talking about it um, in that way, but I just thought, like, it's a really nice collection. And I haven't seen people talking about Fendi, at least their modern stuff, in, like, the same light as like some of these other brands that Kim Jones has, has worked at. So uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I like it. I mean, I definitely like some of the gowns personally. I am very over like see-through mesh personally. Like right. I just feel like it, it's like it's, it's had its time. There are so much like other, there are so many other ways to do illusion if that's what you want to do. Um, I, I'm personally over it, but I will say he did it quite artfully from some of the looks I saw. And, um, yeah, Fendi's not my favorite. I'll be honest. Um, him, like, you know, he does his thing. 
I think he's always going to give you good work. I'm just not always like excited about it. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's never been a house that I've been particularly fond of. Uh, I was kind of getting into some of their like vintage houses and stuff and being like, oh, this, I don't know, it's something about this print I, I finally came around on. I used to not like it at all. Um, mm-hmm. And so maybe I'm like more receptive to the new stuff. But yeah, I thought the show was, uh, I, I, I didn't go in thinking like, oh, I'm just going to love, love this. I can't wait for this Fendi show. But I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was, it was well put together. Um, but, uh, yeah, tell me about this Robert Woon. I, I, I checked out the looks. I didn't, I, I, I couldn't find the show anywhere online, but the looks are crazy. It's okay. Robert Woon has been like my person to see because I think last couture season, he brought out these looks. It was like someone has splashed wine on you and you were like drenched. So it's like, it takes like everyday potential events and like expands them. And I am just in love, okay? Like, if I had coins, I I just, I don't know how. Also, it's he's so concise with his message. And I really like that because, you know, there's a lot of houses that do lots and lots of looks, right? And that's not to say the quality, like the couture isn't there, like it is. But, you know, some of these shows can be quite intense in terms of the number of looks that they're setting down the runway. So what I really like about Robert One is that his vision his story is concise and cohesive 24 looks that's great to me um so he revisited his i think what should be like his signature now which is like the looking like you're it's rained on you and how when you come in like the water still dripping so he had two looks um a a, a, a lady and a man I'm not sure. I guess anyone could really wear it, but there's two rain looks. Um, also, I think Wisdom K, as known from like TikTok, he's in look number two. It looks like him. I think it's him. And I just love the placement. So pretty much they use a number of crystals throughout the garment to make it look like you're wet. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. It's like a design like masterpiece. It's just, it's riveting. Like, I just don't know how you would think of something like this. And then the time it would take to do all this beading. Like, that's the thing, the fun thing for Couture Week for me is just, like, the details. Like, you're getting premium work here. Like, just, I was in awe. So those first two looks for me, amazing. Look number six, which was ink blot. So it's like you have, like, a fountain pen or a quill with, like, a nub. And, like, it's ink splots. Again, not something like an everyday event, right? If you use fountain pens or any pen, you know, sometimes it explodes. Like just the translation of that into couture fashion is just so well done and imaginative. Like it's like you're using your imagination. Like did he fall asleep and like stain his shirt with ink? And he was like, voila, here's like this look. I don't know. All I know is that he's really good at doing that. And last but not least, because again, there's 24 looks. I just chose four that I really liked. Uh, Look number 14, it's like rainbow colors and splotches. And like everything about the look just goes so well together. And the magnification of the splotches changes throughout the look. There is pearl beading on here that matches the splotches. So the pearls are dyed to match the splotch pattern wherever they're placed. You have the pearl splotch 
jacket and skirt then you have a blouse i think it's a silk charmeuse or a silk satin that's splotched you have mesh gloves plus you have and this is a thing too that's so fun about his work there's so many textures sometimes like that you wouldn't really think go together but they look amazing together like i'm like who would have thought this amount of pearl the splotching which is all over you have pleats you have mesh you have a hat like there's a lot going on but it just works so well and i feel like you know imagination really his imagination went all the way out there and then came back and was like this is how we're going to translate it so i was just i'm like listen i'll even take the mesh gloves like if you can sell those to me i'll be happy it's 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 such a i mean i love all of it honestly like it's such a a great example of like using textures and you know creating an effect and like a real like this is you know it, it has that extra thing it and you know the the rainy kind of jacket is just like that that should be a piece that everyone knows about like that is just like so. so distinctive uh you know of a design that i'm trying to even think of a parallel right now um and nothing good is coming to mind uh i mean for, for me it's like uh like yeah i don't i don't even know if there is something but you know it's like one of those pieces that designer becomes yeah. known for because it's think about yeah it's so smart um and this is just like one look among many uh in this in this uh Maybe like it's like Botita and like the braided leather yeah that's a great example i was thinking of like you know, Rick Owens has like the mega lacing thing for a few seasons that became like very popular um, and like was like kind of transcended just like the brand. Uh, it, but yeah, Bottega's and Treziato, uh pattern. Um, it, it's like, it's so brilliant design wise that like it feels like Robert one was big enough. You would like see like a whole collection that's just like that. Uh, yeah, like various like stages of the being pants ready. and the shirt and everything that's just like that. A hoodie, like it. it it's kind of cool that it's just like a small collection, and it's like, it's it it brings a certain level of specialness to the to the piece and and to the collection itself. Uh, and but, I genuinely want to see someone wear it. Like I need somebody to call their stylist and tell them to pull one of those rain looks. Yeah. Now, to wear to what event, I don't know off the top of my head. But it's just something that I feel like should be in a museum, but should definitely be worn. Like, Jacob somebody, Alordi, somebody call, call your stylist. <laughs> call them up. Listen, like, I unfortunately do not have such connections, but I'm sure there is some A list stylist that's not La Roach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not La Roach. <laughs> that could call somebody and get the look for their client. Because, yeah, I definitely just, it, his collections always make me think. And I'm just excited to see what he does. And, I again, I like that it's short, like, concise. Sometimes, like, it's like you are having, you have a great theme and structure. structure. You know, okay, I don't, I hate to, I don't want to be negative. But, like, you know, Balmain has lots of looks in their couture. <laughs> like, yeah. even just looking at the looks, I'm like, dang, this goes on for a long time. Yeah. yeah you know, so, sitting like, there. you could edit that down a little just a little they Maybe can a handle they can handle some editing i would agree i, I they could handle some throwing stuff out of the the whole catalog yeah. in my you opinion could, you could use that for the next collection like sure 
I know you had a great idea this time, but like maybe just a quarter, a third could like wait. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Some stuff just never gets left on the cutting room floor because it's just, we're going to try to sell it, you know? Uh, But um, I mean, we can hit a couple more. I mean, I obviously want to talk about the Rick Owens show. Yeah. I was going to say, should we leave Rick for last? Let's leave Rick for last. I only have one more to yeah, go. Yeah, tell me about Alaya. Uh, yeah. I've seen, seen is, I assume that's how it's pronounced. This is, uh, this is gorgeous. They, so this is not a couture show. It is fall ready to wear, right. I believe. But I just loved it because like I have never really seen a ready to wear that was actually ready to wear, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I haven't seen one that I'm like, yes. Like, if I did not care about budget, me and my card are heading to the Alaya boutique, and I'm trying. Like, every piece made, I was like, I would buy that now. And I think, like, the highlights of the Alaya show, for me, were really the knitwear, but also just the drapery and texture. They do so much with draping in this show. And I just felt like, what a fun way to create new shapes or to revisit some shapes, right? Like, it's not like, I mean, they were draping things back in ancient Rome or in Greece, right? Like, so draping fabric is not a new thing, but I just felt the way they draped with the knit. So it's kind of like there's individual, like, strings of fabric that is then draped you know, in various ways to create new shapes for dresses, skirts, things like that. And I just found it to be, the movement was amazing, of course, like just seeing them in motion, lovely. And again, it's just like, I would wear that now. I could wear that to dinner today, you know, and I really enjoyed that. Um, The other thing they really leaned into is texture. So they did a lot of kind of like woolly, furry type like palms, if you will. And that's kind of 90s, right? Like that was, I think, whenever I think about those kind of sweaters, I think about Fran Drescher and and the nanny, right? So like you have like the palms, like the furry palms at the end. I mean, a bit more maximalist in this, in these examples, but really, really loved how they incorporated that throughout the collection. And then my favorite look, 25, is very boring, but it's like a cocoon wool coat and like this like, violet with matching knee high over the over the knee thigh high boots and it's just such a great look like I know I know like we're talking about couture and how like amazing and imaginative it is but it was really fun to just see something that's like kind of has a couture effect but it's something that you could actually just go and buy if you were not paying attention to your budget yeah I I I (laughs) I mean, I think I tend to, we're talking about couture, but this is also, I mean, we're going to end on a ready to wear show anyway, but I totally like gravitate more towards, like, I feel more of a personal connection, this, these kind of pieces, because it's, it's like, I could actually see, you can actually see wearing them. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it's the difference between watching an art show and, you know, watching like oh yeah no i would like i would totally buy that and these pieces are incredible that last look you is just like i mean the people have seen it i'm showing a picture of it right now it's like beautiful it's like such good textures and it's it's like 
It's great. I, it's just like, I love like that. It's just, you're almost completely covered, but you're not wearing pants. And that is just yeah. like, so like even from like a silhouette perspective, it's like really nice, but the colors are amazing. I love also, the Also, didn't leathers. you like predict in like your first yes. episode that like no pants is like yeah. the thing? Absolutely. I, I'm I'm sticking with it. No pants. And two of these looks are, are no pants. These are pantsless yeah. looks. Uh, two of them. Looks. So yeah. like, I'm not saying it's coming true, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go through every Couture show and look at all the times no one's wearing pants and just flash those uh, right now uh, to prove my, uh, my correct point that nobody's going to wear pants by the end of this year. It's not happening right now. Wait for, you know, some of the later shows too. But uh, yeah, already. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's like the trend, right? Because I know Muchia started that like last season too. With like, yes. with, was it Prada or Miu Miu? It was it was Miu Miu. Yeah, it was yeah. Miu Miu's. Uh, yeah, because I remember Emma Corrin coming out in uh, no pants, and I think that was part of my. I mean, I feel like it, as my age showing, I'm like, you should put some pants on. <laughs> like, <is> it, <laughs> are you afraid of sitting down on something nasty? But when you're wealthy, you're probably always sitting on something nice. So and <laughs> as long as they're sitting on a TTC bus, it's true. That's true. You, it, you're not worried about the germs and like the Maybach. Uh, but also, if you're wearing the long coat good that's uh, that's yeah. that's the way to do it long boots so. long coats no pants some of the notes or what the i think the the creative director had quote was quoted as saying like it's not sexy but sensual and right. i definitely feel sensual is a great word to describe this ready to wear collection this is this is great i uh, i hadn't seen this so uh, uh thank you for bringing this to my attention um, I guess we'll just end with uh, my guy, Rick, um, not my personal friend, but this is, yeah. you know, Porterville is a... Uh, I mean, we're going to make it so, right? Absolutely. I feel like if you say it enough, like maybe he'll just pop up. I if just talk, like, I talk about him every episode <laughs> uh, so many times. It's eventually he's going to show up on the podcast, right, right, right where you're sitting right now. So, um, but obviously I have to talk about this, this show, Porterville, it's ready to wear fall, winter four. Uh, and it's very, it's very different than some Rick shows in the past. It's taking mm -hmm. place inside of his home in, in Paris, in his townhouse. Um, it's minimal, um, overall, uh, in terms of, I mean, it's, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it overall. It's not like my favorite collection that he's mm -hmm. done in the last few years. I really like the Luxor. Uh, that's like, that is probably my favorite Rick collection. Uh, maybe well yeah in a long time at least both of his last year i thought were really good this one it starts and like the you really have to look past the inflatable boots which every single model is wearing and it's like okay man like at a certain point you're like are there other shoes and there are um there are i, I could only see like two new silhouettes shoes wise one of them is uh is like a cargo basket geo basket hybrid it looks I, I mean it i looked at it like several times and zoomed in and i'm like this is a new shoe but i can't really tell what it is it looks like a hybrid of his two previous kind of basketball shoes which mm -hmm. i'm stoked on it looks amazing like i'm definitely want to pick that up i really like the 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 main shoe from the last season was that uh the splint or the the cast mm -hmm. shoe yeah. which i think is actually amazing but like also like i just could not bring myself to drop like 
three thousand dollars on a cast and immediately get made fun of by everyone who knows me um but yeah I, only... I would have to be like evan i don't know if this was the investment no this <laughs> is not wise. this is not wise this is like but th <laughs> these sneakers are a lot nicer yeah. uh and they there also is a new boot which looks like a mix between like a biker like kind of like a saint laurent wyatt boot mm -hmm. and a kiss boot um still probably not my style i love the kiss boots from a design perspective but i just cannot be wearing anything that high uh, just seems a little much for me. Maybe down the line, um, I'm definitely open to it. But um, there is definitely like the theatrical kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, jackets that are coming up like behind the head, like we were talking about, like Hunger Games style. There's some moments that are, are great. Um, overall, the silhouettes are nice. I mean, the inflatable boots are, I, is it just a distraction? Is it just... Is this what we're going to be wearing? Is it? A, it's always hard to discern a true, like, you know, creative focus from Rick because his he's so consistent that it's just little changes over time that add up to like after a while you're like, oh, this is totally different than it was five years ago. Um, and this represented, you know, one of the smaller steps I've seen forward uh, for a show. But I still liked it. There's still amazing pieces. There's an anorak uh, that like yeah. looks beautiful. There's a leather coach's jacket. There's like, this is very much, you know, I'm looking at a Rick show and I'm like, what do I like the most out of this? What am I going to buy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like if you had more opportunities to wear capes, I would definitely. Yeah, I need another, I need a, a cape budget for sure. I'm going to work that into this show, a cape, cape, uh, Cape alimony. Yeah. You know, start working on, uh, just a separate part of my closet, uh, for kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I think Rick Owens is like an edgy professor Snape. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> like, who he is. He's, he's Snape. If he, he got the girl, I guess, and just became a really cool fashion designer. Like, I just, I don't know. There's just something about him that I'm like, yeah, like I could see you with magic. You he's literally be. like, he's the Dark Lord, you know? Like he's, he's like Voldemort, Voldemort and Snape put together. Yeah. He's, I mean, the cool thing about Rick is that he, to me, is always future facing. Yeah. Right? That's what he's I mean. He's always looking to the future. So you're right. Like it's normally like an incremental change. But then when you like, it sneaks up on you, right? Because next thing yeah. you know, you're like, oh, wait. And there have been another number of Rick items that kind of were like sleeper hits and then become like the thing. So, hundred <laughs> percent, never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, he's so for future facing. Like he is referencing stuff in the past, but it's almost always in such a repurposed way that you can't even always tell what he's referencing. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I feel like when I was getting into Rick. It was like, I just loved every collection because I just didn't really know that much. And he was very much in a golden age, I think, when I was getting into him. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, I think it was like, I can't remember what collection it was, but after Tyrone came around and it was like, I kind of just woke up one day and was like, oh, yeah, it's like very different than it used to be. Like the Kiss Heels got added and, you know, like that's very much a turning point. Um, and then, you know, certain other pieces get added and he doesn't really get rid of things from his collections to be fair. Like it, it just, sometimes some of it gets moved to dark shadow and some, but he pretty much sells most of the things that like people actually want to buy years mm -hmm. later. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it, his stuff is very different now, um, and I think he was he's definitely moving back towards some of the stuff I like, some of the wider pants, some of the you know more androgynous silhouettes. Uh, it's definitely moving back towards that and a little farther away from the Tyrone, very sexual, um, you know, stuff that doesn't never really appeal to me that much. Um, I was always into the early stuff and the silhouettes that came from that. And there's been some great pieces along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the kind of highlights of a lot of those collections were just, you know, not not really for my body type, not really for my kind of energy. Um, maybe in a different world where I didn't have to work a job, uh, <laughs> I would I would wear I would wear that stuff. But mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to see that he's moving back towards more of like the, these geometrical silhouettes. Um, and overall, I'm excited for Porterville. I think it's a you know it's 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 a good collection. It didn't no, nothing like really blew me out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, not as good as Lu- I wrote. Overall, the show is nice. Not as good as Luxor, and it's like yeah, that's about how I feel. I, I, after uh, you know a few days sitting on it, it's like yeah, it's good. So, but I had to talk about it. You know, it was uh, it was a Rick Allen's show. So, anything else you want to talk about or? No, I felt like this was a great little like emergency episode. It's like sir, yeah, and then get on, come back from vacation. Yeah. Get chat now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna have to be more on top of this every fashion week going forward. We will plan you to have you back on. Sometimes it's there's just a lot of noise. And again, like I used to really on my page like try to like follow Fashion Week and like share that with my followers and people whom I know don't really care about couture, but you can kind of draw those lines um to like what's going on at that top level and what we'll expect to see as like a consumer right so i think this is probably a better space to have that discussion and then maybe like you know to your point like no one's wearing pants let's see how this like trickles down to our day-to-days you know to the well i mean i don't personally shop at zara but like to the zaras to the reformate like let's see in terms of like you know shopping what actually trickles down yeah, that's always exactly. Yeah, I always like to follow that. Like, do these trends actually make it to regular people? Because some of them do, and some of them do very quickly now um, with yeah. fast fashion, and some of them never make it down. And you never, never, and it's just something that was an art piece on a runway at one point. Uh, so mm-hmm. we will see uh, how that goes. But if you're not following Yate already, my audience, then you should be because <laughs> she's a joy on Instagram and is doing live reactions to uh runway looks and uh red carpet looks that is honestly one of my favorite things is just to sit down and just watch you eviscerate no usually you're talking very positively about people you know what i just feel like there's so many people that will say really negative things and to be frank like no one ever very rarely do people look terrible yeah yeah it's it's like why waste time like piling on to somebody when I could be like, you know what, this is what I liked. Sometimes, I mean, people do get low scores though. You know, we do get our one and two stars, but I also try to focus on the clothes and not the person themselves. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about like kind of revisiting the past. And I think something that would be really cool to see is how many, um, how many people start kind of dressing themselves again, because, Mm. It was only in the 2000s that celebrities started getting dressed, 
like all celebrities started having like a stylist that would pull for them before like the you know early 2000s like people would just go and buy a dress in fact I think at the Met Gala someone was wearing a Christopher John Rogers um look and they just bought that dress and that dress if you have money like if as a regular person let's say if you're like more on the wealthier end you could buy that dress too but it's like two thousand dollars right um i mean maybe not in this economy but like when you know so like there are clothes um by designers that do have that are you know can be couture and you know creation if you will or design and silhouette that you could buy and just wear so i'm curious if we'll see more of that this year but I think your best prediction is the no pants because we're seeing that being very consistent. I guess Queen Muchia was like, I don't want pants anymore. And everyone's like, fine, no pants. Yeah, people do listen, tend to listen to her. Um, she's quite powerful. Uh, one of the most powerful women in fashion. So that doesn't surprise me. But uh, your Instagram is at Yate Like a Latte. Yeah, no, Yate Like Latte. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. I, I didn't want to mess it up. I'll leave it in the description, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but Yate, thank you so much for joining us. And, and can't thank wait you to for you showing up. I feel like I really interrupted your time off. So I apologize. Um, well, not at all. Not at all. I'm so glad to be back with you. And I am sorry about my like change of location last minute. I realized this whole chat, there's been a brown paper bag just hanging out. Oh, um, which was the brand that did like a brown paper bag, but it was actually leather. Balenciaga. Yeah, I think was it they the they did. Oh, th- yeah, they did the Erewhon one. They just did because they didn't. I they did like an IKEA one, and they also did a black garbage bag. That's been like Demna's <laughs> thing the last couple seasons. Which that is, I if you thought me buying a cast was a bad idea, uh, <laughs> I think buying a garbage bag is for for twelve hundred dollars. Was it a leather garbage bag? It was leather. It was actually like you pulled on it. It looked straight. You could not tell. It was like it was actually a miracle of like fabric making because it was like it yeah. looked like a garbage bag. But that's the arrow one. Yeah, you got the Balenciaga arrow one in the back. That's, Do you that's ever so wonder cool. if people are gonna? Oops. Do you ever wonder if people are gonna look back and be like, why did they make that? <laughs> like, what was the cultural commentary with the garbage? Bag? I think it's gonna be even weirder in the future. So now, <laughs> I think it's just gonna it's gonna keep getting weirder. Honestly. Okay. Well, Evan, it was lovely as usual. I'll of leave course. you to it. Yeah. Sounds we didn't good. save anything today, but we definitely had a good old time. Oh yeah, we don't have to save something every week. We're saving fashion shows from the brink of uh, collapse. Honestly, I don't know if anyone else is watching these. So <laughs> it's you and yeah, me. Exactly. We're keeping. Uh, we're single-handedly keeping it alive. Yeah. Thank, you're welcome, John Galliano. <laughs> I hope my checks in the mail. <laughs> Send us a check. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I guess we'll chat soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for everything. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Things You'd Save. Make sure to subscribe and follow us to hear the next episode. We have exciting guests on every week, and episodes come out every Friday. See you next week.